0: Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future homebuyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of homeownership a reality. Visit chrissawyerannie maccom email him at csawyer at annie-mack.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345. Corporate NMLS number 338923. AnyMAC Home Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC. DBA, AnyMAC Home Mortgage. lo Act. Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent. License Lender Broker Number ML 338923. Massachusetts Mortgage Lender and Mortgage Broker License Number MC 338923. Rhode Island License Lender. License Number two zero one one two eight one zero l Call for additional details.
1: Jones first down. Wide open, it's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley. He's great when he's on the field, but the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team.
0: Look at this. They lob it to be in on the glass. How about that?
2: Porter Mosier, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball. Hands down. bench two for three. He's done his part.
0: Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole,
1: and it is... God, they don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball because the Yankees are not They're even close to the best organization in baseball.
2: They're trying to be the race, and the race do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankee.
1: Welcome to Sports Talk with RJ. I am Steve Risser along with Justin D'Anafrio, and we got a big matchup on Thursday Night Football as the 4 and 3 Baltimore Ravens traveled out of Tampa to face the three and four Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it has been a rough stretch for the Bucs. They have lost four of their last five games. Tom Brady has not played well. The defense hasn't played well. It's just, it's been, it's been issues all around for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Ravens, they they're four and three, but they sh- should be better because they have blown three fourth. Qu- they've, had, they've had three games uh, where they have been up by more than 10 points in the fourth quarter and lost them. The, the lost the loss to the Dolphins, the loss of the Bills. I mean, the Bills. They were. They. But they, they had. A t- they didn't have a ten point lead in the fourth quarter, but they still had a double digit lead, and then it lost to the Giants. So both teams are underachieving right now. This is a really, really big game for for both these teams. It's a big game for the Bucks to get back on track. It's a big game for the Ravens to keep pace with the Cincinnati Bengals. And I think this game is going to be a really, really close competitive game between these two teams. And I do think the Ravens are going to get out to an early lead, but. In the second half of this game, I think Tom Brady's going to start getting hot. I think he's going he's, he's to start getting hot in this game, get the ball to Mike Evans, get the ball to Chris Godwin. I think it's going to be close. It's come right down to the end. But I got the Bucs winning this one close and bouncing back and getting to four and four. I got the Bucs winning this game 24 to 20. But Justin, can Lamar Jackson hand the Bucs their third consecutive loss?
2: I think they do. I think right now the Bucs. Defensively, they played well, but I think for the Ravens, as you mentioned, they've blown, all, they've blown a lot of, you know, um, a lot of leads this year, and they really well, could be 7-0 and this year. Um, so I think, you know, for the Ravens, I think they run the ball decent enough. I think Lamar makes enough plays through the air, and I think they scored just enough because right now the Bucs offense is it's kind of a mess. So, yeah, I think Lamar plays well enough in this game, and I think the Ravens win this game 24-17 on, on a short week, and I'll, I'll take Harbaugh two in that matchup.
1: Yeah, the could even definitely have the coaching advantage with John Harbaugh on a short week, but the problem is they got to travel down to Tampa on a short week. That I think that definitely factors into me taking the Bucs, but this game could go either way. But this is a game I feel like I think it's a it's a big game for both teams. Like the Ravens, as I said, they gotta keep pace with the Bengals, got gotta gotta, gotta, gotta kind of secure their spot in the playoffs. And for the Bucks, they just gotta get back on track. Three and four right now, and they lost two games. Uh, I I didn't I didn't think they would ever lose to Pittsburgh with Kenny Pickett. And then last week was an absolute disgrace. Was it after a disgrace? I know it's a division game on the road, but that was a disgrace losing to the Carolina Panthers. They're losing to a team that's they're losing to a team that's tanking. They lost to a team that that is tanking right now.
2: Yeah, they did. You know, that that was again only to score three points against them um, against a defense that has played tough, but it's a definitely defense you should be able to score some points on And, Yeah, it was just it was a totally flat effort. They really couldn't run the football you know, I think they only got to Brady once the Panthers did, but he was under a lot of pressure. Most of that game. It just seems like there's just the chemistry just off with them right now. And yeah, you, you mentioned it. You, you, you have to be Pittsburgh. I know that's a, usually a tough place to play, but yeah, it's a Pittsburgh team. That's got a lot of young players right now, not a ton of talent. And then yeah, Panthers team has fired their coach, you know, playing pretty spirited, but you, you know, 11 point, you know, they're 11 point favorites on the road. They still got to find a way to win that game, but like not even the score touch on against them. It's, you know, it's pretty embarrassing.
1: Oh, it absolutely is. and absolutely is. And with the offense struggling, with the Bucs struggling, I think the big question is, is is Tom Brady done? Is this it for Tom Brady? Obviously, he retired uh, in February, then he came back in March. Is this it for Tom Brady? I mean, he has not, I mean, he's not played terribly. I think there's other parts of the team that haven't been good. They haven't been able to run the ball. Their offensive line has been inconsistent. Their run defense that was supposed to be really good has not been as good this year. So there are other parts of the team that have struggled, but he's Brady is still Brady is still under 500. It's still under five hundred. This is the first time Brady is Brady's one of a team that Tom Brady has been on has been under 500 since in 20 years, since the Patriots in 2002. So he is not playing his best football right now. And the big question is, is he done? Is is, is it over for Tom Brady? And I, and and I, and I still say, absolutely not. I think with the division they're in uh, this, and this still is, I still think he's a top 10 quarterback in this league. Now I don't think he's a top five quarterback anymore. I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not afraid to say it. I don't think he's a top five quarterback anymore. I don't think he's as, obviously as good as, uh, as Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen or, or Joe Burrow. I don't think he's as good as those guys, but I do still think he's a top 10 quarterback. I don't think he's done. I think he has still has a chance to turn things around, but he's got to get it turned around. He's got to get it turned around quick. Even though he's in a bad division, even if they make the playoffs, he doesn't get, if he doesn't start playing well, this team will go nowhere this year.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. He's, I don't think he's done yet. I'm surprised he hasn't called Gronk yet. Um, see if he wants to come back and see if he can get him come back for a half season here, um, to get another weapon. But yeah, the offensive line's just been banged up this year. The wide receivers, I know they're starting to come back slowly but surely, um, but they've been banged up there. Yeah, they haven't ran the ball great like they did last year. Um, uh, they're they did better last year. Um, ran the football better. Yeah, defense hasn't played as well as as people thought. But yeah, being a bad division, yeah, and it's not all Brady because I think. Yeah. Cause Brady has played pretty well, you know, I, obviously the arm strength's not there anymore and just, you know, they just kind of seem out of rhythm right now or, you know, for the most part, but I, I still think, yeah, as you mentioned too, this division is, is not very good. So I, I think Tampa still can make a run at this thing. Again, Brady's always kind of like Thanksgiving is kind of that point of the season where you get it going. Um, and that's still a month away, but yeah, they, they do have to play a little bit better. Um, very soon because again the nfc is wide open but they definitely have to start playing better i think they will i don't think he's done yet i think you know he still has a little bit more football again look what he did last year there's just with brady i don't think he fell off that far of a cliff you know i it's not as good but he's still right there and he can still lead the scene the super bowl
1: yeah i i do agree i mean it's crazy to say it at three and four but i do agree because of what we've seen him do and he's still not terrible so for from what we've seen him do, and now that he's and for me, he's for both of us, he's still not terrible. So I do I don't think he is done yet. But here's the interesting thing. He's his team is three and four, and another legendary quarterback's team is another legendary quarterback's team is three and four, and Aaron Rodgers. And the big question is is which team has a better chance of getting things turned around? And I think that question's pretty obvious that it is the Bucs, and I think it's obviously the Bucs because of the division they play in. I mean, they're two and one in this division. There's really, do you really think the Saints are making a run? Do you really think the Falcons are making a run? And we know the Panthers aren't making a run. So, because of the division he's in, it's definitely, it's definitely the Buccaneers definitely have a better chance of turning things around. If you look at the Packers, they, if you look, if you look at uh, their, their next couple, if you look at their next couple games after they play the Bills, they, they, uh, they, they got, they got the, they do have the Lions on the road, which isn't going to be easy for the way, for the way the Packers are playing. They got the Packers, they got the Cow- they got the Cowboys at home, they got the Titans at home, and then the Eagles. They could be, I mean, they very easily could be four and seven. Uh, uh four and seven going into December. I would not be surprised if this Packers team is four and seven going to December the way they're playing. And then you see Aaron Rodgers, you know, throwing his teammates under the bus on the Pat McAfee show. You cannot have that happen. You just can't have it happen. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is one of the most talented quarterbacks I've ever seen. But the difference between him and Tom Brady is Tom Brady is much better at making guys around him better. Aaron Rodgers does not do a great job of that. I think Aaron Rodgers, because of his play, yes, he makes some guys better than they are because of his play. But his leadership skills, Tom Brady is a much better leader than Aaron Rodgers. And there's a, that's the reason why Tom Brady's got seven championships and Aaron Rodgers has one Super Bowl appearance. One for a guy that talented has one super bowl appearance, and you're seeing why this year is showing you why he only has one super bowl appearance.
2: Yeah, I think if you made that point, I think that's a perfect point because, yeah, Rogers just he, he hasn't, you know, outside of really Adams, you know, I know they've had some decent wide receiver, you know, Randall Cobbs had some good years, you know, the first time around Jordy Nelson, but yeah, like again, Brady, again, that last year at the Patriots, that team had no weapons, you know, outside of like Julie Edelman, you know, that that, but Edelman was. You know, at the end of his line there, but yeah, he could make Brady could make guys around him better. Um, you know, he can make you know, and again, you kind of seen it with the Bucks as well. You know, when they've had to kind of go at time, maybe not as much this year, but the first couple of years, you know, um, Scotty Miller making some big plays. You know, that's that's been the problem with Rodgers. You know, that he just hasn't. Um, so I'm with you. I think the Bucks do have a much better shot of turning the thing around. Yeah, the the, the Packers right now, I, I do think they're in a lot of trouble. You know, you go to Buffalo this week again. I know they got out of the Patriot game, but again, they very well could have lost that game to third string quarterback. You know, again, you you lost to Heineke last week after you blew it. So, yeah, you know, I think Matt LaForce, you know, gonna have to play for a job. And I, I think right now the Packers are in trouble because they, you know, their offense right now is just sputtering. It just doesn't seem. And I thought a couple weeks ago it was starting to get a little bit better, but, you know, I, it just doesn't look like it. Uh,
1: absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I'm kind of standing correct here. They're going to be four. They could very easily be four and eight because they lose this week to the Bills. That would be three and five. Or I think we'll assume they beat the Lions on the road. And then the next three games, they they very easily could lose to the Cowboys, Titans, and uh, and 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 Eagles. So if they go into December. I could very very easily see this team being four and eight.
2: Yeah, it wouldn't shock me either. The way Cowboys are playing again, Lions. You know, Lions, Yeah, and I know you mentioned Lions could be a tough one on the on on the road because they do score a lot of points. And then, yeah, the Eagles right now are playing really well. Um, you know, Titans on a short week. I know they're kind of banged up, but a short week, you know, um, that, that could be another difficult one. So, yeah, I, it really would not be surprising. This this team could be sitting there, you know, 4-8 and eight December, headed to Chicago, which, you know, they, they look like they're getting a little bit better, too. So it's not going to be as easy as it was the first time around, especially now that will be at, uh, you know, in Chicago.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the Packers are in big, big trouble and it does not get easier for them this week as they travel to Buffalo to face the bills. And I think this game's a blowout. I think Josh Allen has a big day. I think he throws three or four touchdown passes. I think he has a big game day, day on the ground too. I think the defense forces Rodgers to turn the ball over. I don't think this game is close at all. I got the bills winning this one big. I got the bills beat the Packers. On, I got the bills embarrassing the Packers on national television, beating them 31 to 13. But Justin, can Rodgers and the Packers offense get things turned around and end their three-game losing streak?
2: I don't think it happened either this week in Buffalo. I got the Bills 27-17. to 17. I think the Packers, you know, somewhat. I, I think maybe they get out, maybe they, you know, get an early touchdown or something, take the lead, try to stay in this thing. But, no, it, again, against the Bills that are coming off a uh, bye week, you know, on a Sunday night going up to Buffalo, I just can't – it just doesn't seem like the week that they're going to be able to turn things around. Um, you know they're going to have to be able to run the football better, To establish play action. I feel like they haven't done that either a ton this year. Um, but you know he's going to have to make some big kind of remarkable plays, and I just don't know if it's going to happen. Especially you mentioned throwing his teammates under the bus. I just, they, I, you know, I just I don't think the chemistry is there with those guys. So I think the offense sputters again, and I think that defense keeps them in the game for a bit. But I think you know after a while the Bills are able to win this game by a couple scores.
1: Yeah, it should not be a pretty night in in Buffalo for the, the Green Bay Packers. But we got a big, big, and big matchup in the NFC West this week as the Rams face the Niners. But before we're gonna, before we talk about that, we're gonna talk about the big trade the Niners made uh, last week, uh, trading for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I, I, he did play pretty well last week, even though they lost to the uh, to the to the Chiefs. But the big question is going to be: Is does McCaffrey make the Niners? The best team. Two questions: Does McCaffrey make the Niners the best team in the NFC West, and does he make them the best, the second best team in the uh, in the NFC? And I, I'm going to go yes and yes. And I know I'm being another three and four, and I'm crazy. And I know my team is six and one. It's crazy for me to say yes, but but I think this team. I think in this NFC, this isn't a great NFC. I know they got crushed last week, but that's one of the best teams in football. One of the best quarterbacks in football. I think. That uh, I think with McCaffrey, this running game is is going to turn into being a great running game. I think that's going to help Jimmy Garoppolo and this defense. I know they had a rough week last week, but look at who they played last week: Patrick Mahomes. He's the best quarterback in football. So I actually think they are the best team in the NFC West, and I think they are the second best team in the NFC. Justin, do you agree?
2: Yeah, I do agree with you, McCaffrey. That running game with um, Shanahan, you know, Debo Samuel, you know, the weapons they have, in in Jimmy G, I think you know can play well enough to kind of get them and lead them. Um, so I, I think right now they are. And then I think too, like, I think the Rams on this year on the season, you know, 100 percent you really haven't seen, like, I feel like after kind of super bowl. They're kind of just this year. That's kind of like, all right, we got it. You know um, it just hasn't been the same type of team. And, you know, Seattle knows been off the fast start or, you know, better than a lot of people thought. And then, yeah, I think they right now they are the second best team as well in the NFC. Because you know, Dallas is right there. Obviously, the Eagles underfeed, but I haven't seen Dallas win in the in the playoffs. I've seen Jimmy G get to a Super Bowl. I think with McCaffrey. As they get guys back towards the end of the year as well, that defense is even better. And yeah, last week again, Patrimon does that to a lot of teams. So I'm I it doesn't really worry me too much. So yeah, I think the Niners with that defense, um, especially the division really hasn't been to what it's a lot of people thought it was. So it hasn't been that gauntlet that a lot of people thought it would be this year. So I think the Niners can, even at three or four, as they get healthy, I think the Niners are going to be the second-best team in that conference.
1: And the Niners got a big game against the Rams. Uh, and and, and uh, I think in this game, I think the Niners do have success on the ground with McCaffrey and with Jeff Wilson. I think they run for over 100, 100 yards. I think Garoppolo throws a touchdown pass. And I do think their defense forces Stafford to turn the ball over a couple times. And the I think the Niners continue to own the Rams in the regular season. And I got them winning on, on Sunday afternoon. I got them winning 23-17 to 17 over the Rams. But, Justin, can the Rams get revenge for what happened in week four?
2: I don't think they will this week. I get the Niners 24 to 20. Um, you know, Stafford the first time, I think he got sacked seven times. He didn't have much time to throw the football at all. I think it's gonna be somewhat of the same thing. You know, the Rams just haven't been able to run the football. They've been kind of mostly one dimensional, maybe coming off a bye that helps them get that running game going. Maybe they kind of figured something out. But yeah, I think that defense they play well enough. I think Jimmy G makes enough plays in this game and McCaffrey runs the ball well enough. And I think the Niners find a way to beat the Rams yet again.
1: We got a big matchup in the AFC East as the three and four Pats head head down to MetLife Stadium to face the five and two and surprising New York Jets. And the problem for me with the Patriots is they don't know who their quarterback is. They have no idea who their quarterback is. And I think that's going to be a factor in this game because I think this is another game that Zach Wilson doesn't have to do a lot. He can manage and win the game. Yes, the Jets had a huge loss losing Priest Hall for the season with a torn ACL, but. Give Joe Douglas credit. He go. He trades for James Robinson, to, and I think they run the ball well against the Patriots. I think they have a good him and Michael Carter run the ball well. I think Jack Zach Wilson throws a touchdown pass, and I do think that the Patriots defense, the Jets defense, uh, will force a turnover. It doesn't I don't care who plays quarterback. I think they're going to force a turnover, and I think they're going to win a close competitive game. I got the Jets beating the beating the Patriots for the first time since December of 2015, as we all remember that game, the Eric Deckard uh, game game winning touchdown, fifth Patrick Deckard. I got the Jets beating the Patriots 20 to 13. But Justin, can the Pats bounce back this week and beat the Jets for the 13th straight time?
2: I think they do. I get them my Pats 24 to 20. You know, I, I think that defense is going to play better this week you know judon's been good you know hopefully phillips comes back this week because you know he was a big loss there i feel like when he exited the game and i think for the jets again i'm not trying to take anything away from it. it's been a great five and two start but you kind of look at some of the quarterbacks they played. like they got trubisky then picking the sealer game you know they faced a third string quarterback and skyla thompson gets the dolphins and if you look at the stats that game was a lot closer than it looked obviously they did go on the road and beat aaron Rodgers and the packers and then last week brett rippon you know, so I feel like this week, I think it's going to be Mac Jones at the quarterback spot. I, you know, Zach Wilson hasn't done a lot. I, I can't imagine the Patriots play as bad as they did, you know, on Monday night, especially the, you know, Bill, Bill has a hatred for the Jets. I I think that defense shows up. I think they play well. I think Jones plays well enough in this game. I think he comes back. I think he, he plays well. Um, Their running game does enough against the Jets. That's, you know, such a banged up team. I, I can't see the Pats play that bad again in back-to-back weeks i think they do find a way to get out of uh MetLife with a win yeah you made a good point
1: about the jets they are yes they're five and two but they're they are lucky to be five and two as you look you go into week two they should have lost that that game to the browns yeah, they, they definitely should have yeah. lost that game to cleveland uh then then you look at yeah they played they beat the dolphins with the third string quarterback but they might have beaten the dolphins anyways but then you but then you look at the game last week I mean, they they they, they lose. They, they would have lost that game if the Broncos had a cape, had, had a competent quarterback, and they didn't. So so yes, the Jets very easily could be. They're five and two. I'm not discrediting them. I think just like the Giants, they're changing their culture. But if you ask me, do I think the Giants six and one? Who, who, which, which New York team has been more impressive, the Giants or the Jets? I'd say the Giants, because you look at the Giants, they've beaten the Titans on the road. They've beaten the Packers. They've beaten the Ravens. The Jets, yes, they're winning games. They're 5-2, they're and two, but their quarterback really hasn't – Zach Wilson really hasn't been that impressive and, and, and really hasn't been put in position to carry the team. Yes, I'll give him credit for the Pittsburgh game. He, he, he did a good job there. But really, throughout the winning streak, he, outside of that, he really hasn't had to carry the team. So – yeah the Jets are off to a good start I think Robert Sala is changing the culture I big as I said credit to Joe Douglas for going out and getting James Robinson but yeah this Jet team at five and two to me is a little bit overrated but the problem is this week I think it's another game they very easily could win because the Patriots don't even know where their quarterback is you you gotta be able to know who your quarterback is in this league so that's why I think the Jets win
2: yeah no and I hear you and I I, I... I have a feeling it's Mack this week. I I think Bill's kind of playing around with the media like he usually does this week. Um, you know, but yeah, again, you know, as you mentioned, Saul, Douglas. Douglas has been a great draft as well. It was a good move to get Robinson, who's, you know, t- really talented back when he's been a starter. You know, you saw what he did this rookie year coming out of Illinois State undrafted. You know, and solid's done a good job as well. But yeah, yeah, I, again, it totally could be, I don't, I can't imagine it to be that carousel again. Like I, it kind of, some of the players were kind of, you know, you listened after the game Monday night, they were kind of stunned and surprised. And I think kind of, I don't, you know, I think Bill kind of got talked into it by Mac. He looked pretty healthy too, the way he ran the football. So I, you know, again, I know it looks like he got pulled at first, but again, I I just, I think Mac is going to be the guy that plays 60 minutes this week. I I do. I, you know, that kind of seems where it's pointing to. So I think Mac plays well enough in this game. You know, hopefully they get born back and then um you know they they run the ball well enough and I, I think you know they could go to New York and win. But I but I know too, like, you know, for the Jets, the Patriots ran it up last year on them. So I know that's kind of in their mind as well. Like they they want this revenge game too. So I wouldn't be shocked the Jets win, but I do think the Pats bounce back. I think they're I I last week with that. Again, they they're 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 like a lot of the teams in the NFL this year, they're mediocre. But I think they do find a way to go to MetLife and get a win.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean my, my, my issue my issue with last week is is the players not knowing the plan at all. The, I, I thought the plan was absolutely ridiculous last week with the Patriots. If Mac Jones was not healthy, there is no way, no way Mac Jones should have been on that field. There was no way he should have been on the field if he wasn't healthy. They should have just stick with Bailey Zappi. But once you have Mac Jones in the game, you don't just take him out after he throws an interception. And then after the game, Bill says, oh, the plan was to play, play both guys. No, you're lying to the media. You took Mac out of the game because he threw the interception and the fans were chanting for Zappi. And this is what we never saw with the Patriots reacting to fans, reacting to out, the outside noise. The big thing with the Patriots for years was ignore the noise. You see with Tom Brady leaving, they're not ignoring the noise. They, they, they're going in and, and, and listening to the fans to play Bailey Zappi. And yeah, Zappi gave them a spark, but, uh, but in the second half, and from behind, he looked like a he looked like a sixth, seventh round pick. He looked like the guy we thought he was going to be. So yeah, it, it, this leads me to my question: Who do I think the Pat starter should be? If Mac Jones is healthy, I think he should start. But the problem, if he's not, I think Bailey Zappi should start. So because you don't want to not put a quarterback, you don't want to put a quarterback in the field that's not healthy. But if he's healthy, I do think Mac Jones is the starter. But the problem with starting Mac Jones last week and taking him out, pulling him on national television. You've messed with his confidence. You've clearly messed with Mac Jones's confidence. Mac Jones wasn't great, but he did get you he did help you get to the playoffs last year. Now I feel like with the Patriots starting him last week and then pulling him in the second quarter, I think that hurts his confidence. And I think that this I think this could this move is is could be the move that, that, that crushes this Patriots season.
2: It definitely could. I'm still behind that he wasn't 100 percent healthy, even though he did look like it. Even he looked pretty good out there. You know, again, I you're talking about the outside noise. Yeah, you know, again, Kobe Myers kind of called out the fans. He's like, I, I did not agree with the fans, Shannon Zappi. You know, he, he kind of came out and said, I didn't agree with it either. But I, I think the problem is with the fans, too, is Mac Jones' last nine starts is now 2-7. and seven. And I, I think a lot of people realize that. And there's a lot of pressure. And I, I can't put on Mac because we've talked about the offensive situation. It's tough to help him build when – you got the two guys around them. I know they've been calling the offense a little bit better the last couple of weeks, but again, they've been ahead and they, it's been pretty easy to call the play. So, you know, I, I again, yeah, I didn't like the way they, they went about it Monday night. Cause yes, after you threw the pick, it really seemed like, okay, you know, Mac, you're done without kind of, you know, cause because again, I thought, all right, you know, like we're really going to Zappy now. It, yeah. That, Zappy looked like a totally different quarterback when he didn't play with the lead. I know we came in, they were behind, but yeah, second half, they didn't play well. So I, yeah, do you go with Mac? I hope it doesn't, because again, it didn't seem like it on the sidelines. Because Matt, if you Mac was like the first one to gradually zappy after a couple touchdowns, yeah, like but Mac how, kinda... yeah,
1: yeah. But how genuine is that? I think you just have to do that on the Patriots. How genuine was that? I don't know. I don't know how genuine was that, that that handshake was. I don't know how genuine that was. And the biggest thing, the biggest thing is going to be the biggest key for Mac Jones is how does he if he starts on Sunday, how does he respond to this? Is is this still in his head? Does this stay in his head the entire season? That's going to be the big question.
2: Yeah, it, it definitely is. I don't think it will. I, I'm like a guy that's played for Nick Saban that had a lot of talent behind him at Bama. You know, obviously he had a ton of great wide receivers there. I think he, I think he plays week. again. I, I, you know, I worry more too with the fans. Now, you know, it'll be interesting with the fans too if if they're really still with Bailey Zappi or after that second half performance, it's kind of back. All right, you know, Mac, Mac is our guy and Max our franchise guy, um, uh, for the near future. But, yeah. Again, it definitely could, but I feel like with Mac, I, I think Mac kind of, you know, I think Mac's good at kind of, you know, keep you know, um, quieting out that noise. And I think he's a guy that I, I think uses that more motivation than he does to kind of put his head down and kind of not go about it in the right way. So I feel like Mac plays well. This, you know, if Mac is the guy, Mac starts this week. I think he plays well, and I think he has something to prove to the fans.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's going to be the big thing. Does he does he move on from this, or does he let this linger throughout the entire season? On my guess is, I think this is going to linger throughout the year. I think this quarterback controversy, what happened on Monday night, is going to linger throughout the entire season. I might be wrong. He might come back and he might rip off seven in a row like he did last year. But I just personally think this is this is going to linger on the entire season, and this is going this quarterback controversy is going to be with the Patriots all year long
2: and I hope not. And, and we've seen and I do agree. Bill's got to make that decision. He did it in 01 when he took out Bill. When he took out Bledsoe for Brady, you know, he did it back in um 2020 when he announced Cam over Stidham. He did it last year when he announced you know Mac was going to get it over Cam Newton. He's done it before. Yes, he has to do it soon. And you know, because yeah, it, it's going to get bothersome. It, it's it's going to affect the team in the locker room. Because I do think the guys like Mac Jones, like you know, I, you talk to him and I, you know. You, you know, listen to them. Seems like you know they all like Mac. You know, I they all like Zappy too. But I think they know Mac's the guy, and Max the better option right now than Zappy.
1: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We don't know who's starting, but we'll see what happens. It'll be very interesting to see what goes on or what goes on with the Patriots going forward. But we got to get to the Giants, and they got a big game in Seattle this week. They're these are, these are probably the two of the most. These are probably the, the these are probably the two teams that have overachieved the most in the first half of the season. I mean, the Seahawks they're in first place at four and three. The Giants they're they're in first they're not in first place but they're six and one and i think this is going to be a really really good game i think saquon because the seahawks do have trouble against the run i think i think saquon's gonna have a big game on the ground i think it goes for over 100 yards i do think daniel jones throws a couple touchdown passes and i think the big difference for seattle's offense this week is i don't think dk metcalf is going to play and that is going to be a difference because i don't think the other players are going to have as good a game i don't think kenneth walker is going to have the game he had last week i don't think uh Tyler Lockett's gonna have a great game. Either I do think Geno Smith will play well, but I think he'll make a mistake. And I do think it's gonna come right down to the end where this Giants defense has got to make a st- got to make a stop, and they make that stop. And I got the Giants going to seven and one. I'm picking them in the next four weeks. I made a promise to Hector. I'm gonna pick them in the next four weeks. I'm gonna pick. I, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm definitely keeping that promise. I got the Giants winning this week, twenty-seven to twenty. But Justin, can Geno Smith stay hot and keep the Seahawks in first place?
2: I think they do. I got the Seahawks 27-23, a big part of that. I just, you know, I know, we've talked about the schedule, too, for the Giants this month. I think with all this travel, I think now going out west, I, I think, you know, maybe it has a little bit of effect on a little bit of fatigue. So I, I think Gino plays well. Again, yeah, the Giants have played really, really well this year. You know, they, they've made the stops late in that game. Um, you know, and I, I think, yeah, both teams be able to run the ball. I think Kenneth Walker does enough on the ground. I think Glockett could play pretty well. Again, the Giants' secondary has played really well, but, you know, you know, they, they really stopped to play well, but you know, I could see me lock it having a big game today on, um, on Sunday. That's a you know tough place to play. You know, the Seahawks, have, you know, Pete Carroll's done an unbelievable job. You know, Gino Smith, you know, the Se- Seahawks look like geniuses right now getting rid of Russell Wilson. Um, they, they, they done a really good job. I think Gino plays well enough, goes up against his former team, you know, and I, I think part of my decision too is again, the giants have been great, but I, I, there's just, you know, if they don't lose this game, you know they're they're going to be like nine and one going to the bye. You know I just kind of think that that's not going to entirely happen. Like I think they get one more loss before the bye, and I think this is the week that it happens.
1: Yeah, out of the next three games, I definitely think this is the game that they they could lose. I definitely think this is the game they could lose. But first, my promise to Hector, I have to I have to honor honor my agreement. So i will definitely I got to pick the Giants the next three weeks. I, I said after the Baltimore game I would pick the Giants the next four weeks. So I got to honor. I got to honor my, my, my agreement. And I, and, and, but, but I, I think that this, yeah, this definitely is a game, a tough place to play. I wouldn't be shocked if they lose it, but I just feel like with the way things are going right now and with DK Metcalf probably being out, I think they pull out another close one. This is a special team. Something is special about this team. They just know how to win these close games.
2: That's what we said about the Yankees too back in June.
1: I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, and then it fell apart. I gotta watch it. I gotta watch it. But yeah, but yeah, it should be a really competitive game. I wouldn't be shocked if the Seahawks win, but I I just have, I just got confidence in my team to pull it out.
2: No, and you should. It's been a much different team. You know, you you've seen in New York again. It you know going. You know again. When's the last time in late October the Yankee season is over? And we're still talking Giants Jets because they're so relevant. Like the Jets and Giants season has gone on longer than usually. The Yankees do because you know usually by now they're they're both teams are unrelevant. So yeah, you know you should be excited for them again. I totally seen him win this game, but yeah, you know I, I he, the Seahawks too. You know just again everybody kind of counted them out. The Denver finish dead last in division and they, they played well. I and mean, Pete's done a, a remarkable job
1: with this roster. It sure has. It's like the opposite of what happened with the Patriots and the Bucks. What happened to this what's happened with the Seahawks and the Broncos? It's like the opposite of what happened with the Patriots and Bucks in 2020. Like when Brady left, the the, the the uh the Patriots got five games worse and the uh and the Bucks got five games better and then won the Super Bowl. It seems like the opposite has happened. Wilson leaves and uh the the uh the Broncos get e- are are even worse and the Seahawks get better.
2: Yeah, no, it 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 has, you know, it you know again, they, they knew something, I guess, because yeah, you know, Wilson just has not been the same guy this year. He's really showed to get on, on the same page with his wide receivers. Yes, it's probably a little bit of the injury, too, but yeah, you know, again, I remember going the last season, like, this is probably it for Pete this year. You know, they probably fire him at the end of the year, but the way he, the way they're playing and, and the way that they developed Geno and they've just kind of found, again, Gino hasn't looked, had, this was probably the Geno Smith that we thought coming out of West Virginia was, and again, it, it took a while, but we're finally seeing it and he's been fun to watch and yeah, you know, the, the you know, all kind of knew something. And it's weird that they even had Drew Lockett going into the, you know, it took Drew Lockett to have COVID to, for Gino win that job though.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy because Geno has been playing. This is the best. This is by far the best football that I've seen Geno Smith play. But moving on to a quarterback that hasn't played good football, and that's Matt Ryan, and he has now been benched by the Indianapolis Colts, and Sam Ellinger is taking over as the starting quarterback. And I think this is a desperation move for Frank Wright and uh, and and uh, and Chris Ballard. And I think if this doesn't work with Sam Ellinger, both these guys have to be fired. They got to be fired. Frank Wright has not. I mean, this experiment of just bringing in a quarterback every year since Andrew Lux retired, bringing in uh, in 2019, it was Jacoby, they had Jacoby percent on the roster. They played him in 2020, they brought in Phillip Rivers in 2021. They brought in Carson Wentz in 2022. They brought in uh, this year, they bring in Matt Ryan. Chris Ballard definitely has to go. And I think Frank Wright has to go. I think both these guys have to go if this doesn't work with Sam Ellinger. But you watch Sam Ellinger in college do you think this could start this, this, could the Colt, this could spark the Colts a little bit here?
2: I think it could because Sam Ellinger is a more mobile guy than Matt Ryan is. And we've seen with that offensive line, they've really struggled and, you know, Ryan can't move out of the pocket. So I feel like with Ellinger now, he's going to be able to move around, make a couple of plays. And again, like Matt Ryan's thrown, you know, he's leading the league in interceptions right now, even if Ellinger does that, you know, it's okay because you haven't really got what he thought out of Ryan. So again, you know, at Texas, kind of was the guy that a lot of people kind of thought that maybe was gonna take the Texas the next step. Obviously, we all know the saying after they won the Sugar Bowl that year. Um, but he threw for a lot of yards at Texas, you know. He threw for um, you know, I think over seven, eight thousand yards at Texas. Like, you know, and he's a very mobile guy. I think he ran for over six hundred yards a senior year. Like he can run he can run. And I think that gives him a different element with that running game as well with Jonathan Taylor. I mean, you could do some option stuff coming in with him. So um, I, you know, yes, you know, it's, it, you know, it's not a bad opportunity here to try him, but it's weird because Frank Wright said Sunday after the game that he, you know, that Matt Ryan was a guy, not even 24 hours later, it's not Sam Ellinger. So a, a little weird and probably something came from upstairs that, you know, probably told him to go with Ellinger. But, um, yeah, I, I think right now with this Colts
1: team in the position they are, it doesn't hurt to take a shot with Sam Ellinger and see what you got. Yeah, and the Commanders and Colts uh, play on Sunday in Indianapolis, and I think this is a game where I think the Commanders pull the upset. I think they get the running. I think they've ran the ball well the last two weeks since they got Brian Robinson back. I think Robinson and Gibson do a good job on the ground, and I think the pressure on Ellinger forces a turnover there. I think it's a close, competitive game, but I got Taylor Heineke winning another game, and I got the Commanders beating the Colts uh, twenty to seventeen. But Justin, can Sam Ellinger get a win in his first NFL start?
2: I think they do. I uh, got the cold 21 to 16. I feel like, you know, in this spot too, like that Colts defense steps up, plays really well. Um, with it, you know, going up again, you know, um, as they, you know, Sam Ellinger, you know, for, uh, or the, you know, cold defense steps up with Sam Ellinger starting, and they play really well in this game. Um, You know, I think Washington got lucky last week. There was a couple of dropped interceptions that the Packers kind of had in their hands there, you know, in that game and could have changed that thing around, you know, Heineke, as I mentioned last week, again, he, you know, he plays well at times. At times he can be very productive. But I think I think the Colts this week, Jonathan Taylor, I think that running game ability now with Sam Ellinger gives you a different kind of you know you know formula to use offensively. Hope they start running the ball a little bit more with Jonathan Taylor. I think the Colts at home, they find a way to pull out the win against the commanders
1: nfc matchup in arlington as the bears face the cowboys and i think in this game i do think the bears have some success on the ground with 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 herbert i think herbert has a pretty good game on the ground i do think fields will get his yards on the ground too but i think the difference is going to be i think the cowboys running game is going to be really good with zeke and with pollard i think Dak will throw a couple touchdown passes and that cowboy pass rush against this bears offensive line is a complete mismatch and it's going to force fields to turn the ball over a couple of times that's why i got the cowboys going to six and two Beating the Bears 27 17. But Justin, can Fields carry the Bears to a four and four? Can Fields get the Bears to four and four?
2: To be very difficult. I get the Cowboys win this game 24 to 16. You know, I thought the Bears had a really good game plan Monday night of actually using Justin Fields in the running game. Um, but now that Dallas has kind of seen that, what they did Monday night. And, yeah, with that pass rush, again, you know, like that screen pass, they threw to Herbert for the 25-yard touchdown late in the first half. Again, that's something that they're going to have to try to use to get Justin Fields uh get rid of the ball quickly because that offensive line is going to have a really hard time, you know, stopping Dallas uh, front seven in this game. And I think Dallas will win this game. And I think, you know, Fields will get some yardage. I don't think the Bears convert in the red zone. I think
1: they kick a bunch of field goals this game. And I do have Dallas win another game. We got the Battle of the Keystone State as the Steelers travel to Philadelphia to face the Eagles, and I think don't think this game is close at all. Eagles coming off a bye week. I think they went big. I think Kyle Sanders is a big day on the ground. I think Jalen Hurts throws a couple touchdown passes, and I think the Eagles' the defensive front is all over Kenny Pickett forces a couple turnovers. It's going to be a rebuilding year for the Steelers. They're breaking a new quarterback, and, and, and it's going to continue on Sunday. That's why I got the Eagles winning 31-10 to 10 over the Steelers. And Justin, I assume he got the same.
2: Yeah, I Steelers. I mean the uh, Eagles, I mean 26 to 17. Yeah, Eagles coming out the bye. I think that offense people be able to do whatever they want. I think you know Pittsburgh makes a couple of plays in this game, but Pickett's got to, you know, hang on the football. Three turnovers last week from them. They have any chance to win this game, he's got to hang on the football. Um, uh, but yeah, I think the Eagles offensively just they just do whatever they want. I think it's to be a tough day for the Steelers. But I, I wouldn't be shocked if they keep this thing close and they keep this thing tight, but Eagles just have too much talent.
1: We got the matchup in London between the Broncos and the Jaguars. And I think this game is low scoring, close and competitive. I don't know if Russell Wilson's is going to play or if he's not going to play, but I don't think it's going to matter because I think the Jaguars are going to win the game. I think their pass rush of Travion Walker, Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen is going to be the, their pass rush in their run game is going to be the difference. I think Etienne's going to have a big game. I think Walker and Allen are going to get pressure on Ripon or Wilson. And I think the Jaguars win this game. I think they go to three and five. I think the Broncos go to two and six. It could be Nathaniel Hackett's last year. I wouldn't be surprised. This could be his first year. could be his last year as the head coach of the Denver Broncos. I got the Broncos to the Jaguars winning this game 23 to 17, but Justin can the Broncos D help them snap their four game losing streak?
2: I don't think so. I get the Jack same score as you 23 to 17 or yeah, 23, 17, actually you're 23, 16. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I saw a little bit ago. Wilson was actually kind of saying that on the eight hour plane ride, four hours of it, he was doing high knees up and down the aisles, which one, I don't know why you would do that. And two, I don't know why you need to announce that to the media. Maybe he does play. I, you know, but who knows? I just think, I think that Denver defense does make a couple of turnovers helps out their offense this game, but yeah, the, the Jacksonville defense is, Play pretty well. And against this Broncos offense, it doesn't really take a lot of talent to slow these guys down um through the way they've, you know, Jerry Judy really got involved last week, which is big. But I, I think that Denver defense can keep it close. Um, you know, they got to keep Travis Etienne in check. But I, I got Jacksonville win this game 23 17.
1: NFC matchup in Minnesota as the Cardinals travel to Minnesota to face the Vikings. I think this is a game where both offenses play well. I think Kirk Cousins uh, has a really big game. I think Justin Jefferson has a huge game. I think Dalvin Cook has a decent game on the ground. And I do think Kyler Murray has a pretty big game. I think DeAndre Hopkins does too. But I'm going to take the team with more the, – the, the, I'm going to take the team that's the better coach team, and I'm going to take the team with the better roster. I'm going to take the home team. and I got the Vikings winning this one 31-24. But, Justin, can the Cards win their second straight with Hopkins back in the lineup?
2: I don't think so. I got the Vikings as well, 28 to 23. They're not facing any Dalton this week, so they're not going to get three turnovers from, you know, or they're, you know, I don't think Cousins going to be throwing three, three INTs this week. I think Minnesota finally gets that running game going. Um, but yeah, Murray, I think does make some plays against the Vikings defense. This isn't great. I think Hopkins could have a big day, but I, I'm going to take that Vikings running game finally get going. I think Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins have a big day and I'll take the Vikings 20 to 23.
1: Raiders headed New Orleans to face the saints. And uh, I think this is a close competitive game. I think Derek Carr is a good game. I think Josh Jacobs has a good game. I think Devontae Adams has a good game. And for the saints, I do think Alvin Kamara and uh alave helped them keep it close, but I don't know who the saints quarterback is going to be. And if I don't know who the quarterback is going to be going into the game, it's very hard for me to pick that team to win. I think the saints do what they've done all year. Lose, lose, close, lose another close game. I got the Raiders beating the saints 27, 23, but Justin can Kamara help the Saints snap their two game losing streak?
2: He definitely could. I get the Raiders, though, 20 to 24. You know, the Raiders have been good against stopping the run, but it's yeah, who who plays for the Saints at quarterback? And can either one of them protect the football? You know, they, they've had 17 um, or 16 turnovers through seven games already. You know, nine of them have been interceptions. They just haven't been able to hang on to the football. Um, I think the Raiders can kind of take advantage of that, but yet, Kamara's going to have to have a big day on the ground. To get, you know, Chris Olave and some of that passing in to open up in this game. Again, the Raiders know how to lose close games as well. It's kind of going to be, it's going to be whoever the ball last is going to win this football game. I'm going to take the Raiders that they do have the ball last, but I I do expect Tamara to be able in that offense to be able to move the football, but just not enough to beat the Raiders.
1: Dolphins head to Detroit to face the Lions. And I do think the Dolphins get the running game going with Raheem Mostert. I think two of throws, a, a couple touchdown passes. And I do think Jamal, Jamal Williams and Jared Goff have pretty good games. But at the end, I think the Dolphins, like just, just like they did last week, make the stop they need to make to get them to 5-3. and three. And that's why I got the Dolphins beating the Lions 28-20. to 20. But can the Lions offense get out of their slump and and help them snap their four-game losing streak?
2: I don't think so. I, I get the Dolphins win this game 27 to 20. I do think, you know, Goss going to move be able to move the ball in this game, Um, you know, with the running game with Williams. And if Swift comes back, you know, they, they'll be, they they'll be able to make some, you know, completions again, because Detroit Detroit's got to hang on the football. Um, But I just don't think it's going to be enough. I, I think Tua and that aerial attack is going to come back this week and play pretty well, Um, do the ball over them. And I don't think they're going to be able to keep up that offense and, because it hasn't been as good as it was kind of before the past game. It's starting to kind of struggle a little bit. Teams are kind of starting to figure them out. Again, not having Swift, definitely a, a part of that. But um, I don't think off in that offense to keep off today, or Sunday.
1: NFC South matchup in Atlanta as the Panthers take on the Falcons. And I think the Falcons win this game. I think they win it by two scores. I'm taking Arthur Smith over Steve Wilkes any day of the week. I think the Falcons run the ball well. And I think they force a couple turnovers from P.J. Walker. And uh, I think the Falcons win this one 27-14. And, uh, Justin, you got the same?
2: I got the Falcons win this game 21-17. Um, yeah, so, you know, Brian Burns kind of said that, you know, he hasn't been in, in a locker room like that after a win, you know. Um, you know, just the emotion factor of it sounded like. So, again, I think Carolina is going to play hard. I don't think they have enough to win this game, but I think they keep it close, and Falcons have been able to um, really throw the football great. I think Panthers keep it keep it interesting, but I don't think they they do enough to win this game.
1: We got an AFC South matchup in Houston as the Titans travel to Houston to face the Texans. And Ryan Tannehill is banged up. So I do think this game is going to be close. But I do think the Titans are going to figure out a way to win it because I think their defense turn forces a couple turnovers from Davis Mills. And I think Derrick Henry gets enough yards on the ground. That's why I got the Titans winning a squeaker 19-17. to 17. But can Davis Mills lead the Texans to a win in the division?
2: I, I do. I think the Texans win this game 2017. I don't know. As you mentioned, I don't know who's playing quarterback. I think, you know, Willis, they're going to be really one-dimensional. I think David Mill makes enough plays. I think he gets the, the ball to, um, you know, to Cooks and Collins. I think, you know, Pierce has a good enough game on the ground. They do enough. I think, you know, they force a couple turnovers, the um, Texans do. And I think it helps short field for the Texans. They played hard for the first half against the Raiders, and they just kind of the, the talent on the field. You know Tennessee's won a lot of close games, but again, Mike Rabel is a really good coach. But I'll take Houston at home, figure out a way to
1: beat the uh, Titans. We got and uh, we got we got a uh, AFC North matchup on Monday Night Football as the Bengals travel to Cleveland to face the Browns. And I think that the Bengals right now are the third-best team in the in the AFC, and that's just because of the way Joe Burrow's been playing. Joe Burrow is red hot. Jamar Chase is red hot. And that continues Monday night. I think they both have big games against a Browns defense that's really struggled. Jacoby Brissett will make some plays, but the problem is the Browns are going to get too far behind where Nick Chubb is going to be a factor late in the game. That's why I got the Bengals going to 5-3, and three, beating the Browns 31-20. to 20. But, Justin, can Chubb carry the Browns to their ninth straight win over the Bengals?
2: Yeah, I don't see it happen Monday night. I got the Bengals 31 to 20. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, Cincinnati seems like they're they found out the rhythm. And I think in this game, uh Cleveland's not gonna be able to keep up. You know, they're gonna, you know, Nick Chubbs is not gonna be able to get as many carries as the Browns want to give him this game. Again, you know, Bursette's gonna have to make some plays, especially to um Amari Cooper. He's he's been playing pretty well the last couple of weeks, getting him involved. They, you know, that's you know, they're the only champ, but I see Bursette throwing a couple of interceptions in this game. I just the Browns aren't built to come back from behind, and I, I think that's gonna be a problem this game, and I don't think they're gonna keep up with Cincinnati.
1: No, no, I don't think I don't think so either. So we got a big game in Happy Valley, but before we talk about that, we are gonna hear from our friends at JPEG Financial.
0: Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal tailored plan. Lasting meaningful and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC, is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut.
1: All right, we got a big matchup in Happy Valley this week as the undefeated Ohio State Buckeyes, seven and zero, face the six and one Penn State Nittany Lions. And I do think Penn State keeps this game close for a half. I think, just like the Michigan game, I think Nicholas Singleton, I think Singleton has a big game on the ground. I think, I think uh, Clifford plays pretty well in the first half, but. I see Travion Henderson having a huge game for uh for Ohio State. Penn State has a lot of trouble stopping the run on defense. And that's good and CJ Strauss, I think is gonna have a big day through the air. I do think Ohio State's getting to the 30s in this game. I'm upset this isn't a night game. I wish it was. I don't I think the new start gives a, definitely favors Ohio State. Uh and that's why I think they I think Ohio State wins it. I think Ohio State wins it by two touchdowns. I don't trust James Franklin in these big games. I just don't at all. So I got Ohio State 34 to 20 over Penn State. But Justin, can James Franklin Beat Ohio State for the first time in six years.
2: I don't think so either. I got the Buckeyes thirty-four to twenty-one in this game. I think, yeah, I think Penn State keeps this thing interesting. Again, one the last time we've seen Ohio State really play somebody was that Notre Dame game back, you know, week one, and they looked mediocre at best. And again, we've seen what Notre Dame is since then. So, oh, Penn State's going to have to try to shorten this game like Notre Dame did. They're going to have to hit their shots when they do. Clifford's going to have to make a couple of plays with his arm again. We know in a big spot, he hasn't been that reliable in that, in that area. You know, if they can run the football in this game, they have a chance. The dementia too, yeah. It kind of stinks. It's not a night game. Um, the atmosphere will be, you know, obviously the atmosphere is going to be great there, but yes, you can't beat a Saturday night anywhere, especially at, uh, Death Valley. I just think Ohio State's going to have too much. You, with mean, those you, mean, you, you, you mean happy Valley? Oh, happy Valley. Yeah. Too many. Yeah. Yeah. Happy Valley. Um, <laughs> I just, I think Penn state got some guys in the secondary, but I just think Ohio State, those weapons, I just think there's too many of them. I think you know they can maybe keep them a check for a half,
1: but not a whole 60 minutes. And I think Ohio State finds a way to win this game, yeah. I mean, I, I wish it was the whiteout game. I mean, last week the whiteout game was great, but I wish this one was the whiteout game because Ohio State would have a lot. I mean, we haven't had a Ohio State in the whiteout game in a long time. I think the last time. We played Ohio State in the whiteout game. I th- I think it might have been the time we beat them. It's in, in, in sixteen. Yeah. I think that was the last time we played them in the. No, I think it was. No, I think it was the one where where uh, where Haskins came back and beat them.
2: Okay. Yeah. Eighteen. Then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think that was yeah Saturday night game. Yeah. So yeah. So it's been a while. You know, they beat them sixteen. That's yeah, kind of stinks. That it was it, you know because Minnesota is not the quality of opponent that Ohio State is. So yeah, it stinks that it's not going to be this week the way that game's not going to be against Ohio State. But um. Yeah, it's definitely a different atmosphere there on a Saturday night in that game. But, um, yeah, I think Ohio State, just a a little bit too much talent for them.
1: We got undefeated TCU traveling to Morgantown to face the Mountaineers. And I think this game, Max Dugan, is clearly better than JT Daniels, and that shows up on Saturday. And that's why I got TCU staying undefeated and beating the Mountaineers 31-17.
2: Yeah, for me, TCU in this game, you know, coming off, they played uh, top 25 points, you know, uh, four straight games here. I do have TC win this game 38 to 38 to 28, but again, TCU's gotta get the much faster starts. Again, they got down by 18 last week and kind of got lucky that Kansas State was on the third string quarterback. A couple other injuries um kind of affected the, the Wildcats in that game. Um, but I, I you know, I'm a little bit worried, but again, West Virginia can't stop anybody. They're giving up over 33 points a game. So I think Max Dugan's gonna, you know, throw the ball well enough. And I think Con- conjury miller in that backfield is gonna have a big day on the ground. I think West Virginia does score some points. But it's not enough, and I, I think, you know, this was a big game for Western head coach Neil Brown. Cause if they win this game, maybe it helps his drive security a bit, but they keep going the way they're going. I, I can't imagine he'll be back next year.
1: We got the is this game still in Jacksonville, right? Yep. Florida, Georgia, world, world's largest cocktail party on Saturday, Florida and Georgia. But I don't think this is going to be a game. I think Florida, Georgia, does whatever they want on offense. They score in the 40s, and I think Anthony Richardson showed us really outside of Week One has not played that well, and that's why I got Georgia winning this one. I got them win a big, 45 to 13.
2: Yeah, I got the Bulldogs. Well, 38 to 17. Bulldogs haven't you know haven't been as dominant as a lot of people thought. They played really well against Vandy, um, but you know it, it is Vanderbilt here. And they got the big one next week against the Vols, but I, I just Florida can't stop the run. That's what Georgia wants to do. I, I think they they run all over this Gators team, you know. And I think even at a t- tight end spot and Brock Bowers, he's gotten a couple hands off this year. I could see him being involved in that running game as well. And the only reason that the only shot Florida has if 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 Andrew Richardson could have his inner game that he did against Utah, Florida has a chance. But that's that's not happening against his defense. I got Florida or Georgia winning this game big.
1: We got a matchup in Manhattan, Kansas, as Oklahoma State faces Kansas, uh, Oklahoma State faces Kansas State. And I think this is a really, really close competitive game. But I'm going with Mike Gundy's squad to win at 27 24.
2: Yeah, I got the Cowboys too. A little bit of uncertainty. I think Adrian Martinez is going to play, it sounds like, but I, I got the Cowboys. I just think there's too many offensive talented weapons for Oklahoma State in this game. I got them winning 34 to 27. Deuce Vaughn, you know, is gonna have, have a big game in this one. Um, I just there's just too much too much talent on the outside for Oklahoma State. And Kansas State really wants to run the football and win that game. And I, I don't think it's Oklahoma State this week that's gonna be able to happen. So I'll take the Cowboys to go on the road and get the win.
1: Got a big matchup in the SEC East as Will Levis and Kentucky travels to Knoxville to face Tennessee. And I think Hennon Hooker is gonna be too much for uh for for Will Levis. I think that Tennessee's offense is gonna put up thirty over thirty points, and I think they're gonna win this game thirty-four to twenty-four. But can Will Levis like he did in the swamp? Can he go into Tennessee and pull the upset?
2: I don't think so. I got the balls forty-one to twenty-four. Um, you know, I'm not worried about this trap game here for the Vols. again. Last year, Tennessee only ran forty-eight plays against the Kentucky. They had nine point eight yards per play. Kentucky had actually ninety-nine yards in that game. They lost that shootout forty-five to forty-two. Tennessee had the ball for thirteen minutes of that game, and they still put up forty-five points. So wow, wow, Kentucky's. Um, uh, Kentucky's defense is better than it was last year, but I don't think they're going to be able to keep up. And Kentucky's not built like they were last year to be able to play in a shootout. Um, they really do miss Wendell Robinson this year. Um, they really haven't had anybody to really step up. Chris Rodriguez, you know, they're going to rely on to run the ball in this game, try to shorten this game, but against Tennessee in that offense, I just don't think that's going to work. And I think the ball's in this one and they should up show up the, uh, or get ready for the huge showdown and get Georgia next Sunday or Saturday.
1: Got the Battle of Michigan and Ann Arbor on Saturday night. This is the game they picked to have on Saturday night instead of Penn State, Ohio State. So we got the battle in Ann Arbor as the Michigan State Spartans face the Wolverines. And I think this isn't going to be a game. Michigan State isn't good this year. I think Blake Corum is a huge game. I think it's just like the way Michigan beat Penn State. I got Michigan going to 8-0, beating Michigan State 41-17. to
2: Yeah, now if I understand this correctly – ESPN picks their number one game a week in Fox. So I think this was Fox week to pick. Okay. Their, that, their makes, that makes shot. sense.
1: That makes sense.
2: That's how I believe how it goes. Um, But yeah, I, I'm going to say, I think Michigan does blow him out. I won't be shocked. If this thing stays close, but I can't trust Peyton Thorpe. He hasn't played well. They've really missed Kenneth Walker this year. He's probably, you know, Thorpe's probably coming off his best game with Wisconsin, but it's not the same old Badger team we're used to. Um, and it's a revenge game. Michigan hasn't won this game the last couple of years, so I think Blake Horam on the ground I think has a big day. I think Cade McNamara does enough. Um, Michigan State defense is it's as bad as it was last year. They can't really stop anybody. They're a little bit better in secondary, but it's not much of an improvement. I think Michigan does whatever they want,
1: um, and I got Michigan win this game 38-20. Uh, we got an SEC matchup in College Station as Ole Miss travels to Texas A&M, and I think Ole Miss proved what they were last week, if they were overrated, getting blown out by LSU. And I think they lose again on the road this week. I think they lose a close one to Texas A&M, twenty-three twenty. I don't think Jackson Dart is that good, and that's gonna and that's gonna show up against this A&M defense. Uh, but do you think Ole Miss could make that Alabama game matter uh, on the uh, on the third on the twelfth?
2: I'm with you. I get the A&M. I, I did not like what I saw. Ole Miss, they're they're one they're a one dimensional football team, and A&M hasn't lost. They're on a four game losing streak here. They haven't lost five in a row since 05. Um, you know, and um in this AM's first game since the Miami one, you know, back on September 17th. I think AM, I don't think you know if Max Johnson's gonna play, it's gonna be Hanks King it's King, it sounds like, but I think they do enough. I think AM keeps this thing, you know, interesting. I got AM 27-21. I just I think AM's defense plays really well. Um, things aren't great for right now for Jimbo, he's gotta win this one. Um, you know, for the last five games, that are home here. This would be a nice kind of start. The end of the year, I, I, I got the Aggies twenty seven
1: twenty one. All righty, that's gonna wrap it up for this episode of Sports Talk with RJ. But you're gonna get more of us today in about five minutes, as we're gonna be talking about the World Series in our next episode. So make sure you check out that in five minutes. Jones, first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team.
0: Look at this, they lob it so him, he taps it Stop. in on the glass. How about that?
2: Porter Moore, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. two for
1: three, he's done his part pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball. Because the Yankees are not. they even close to the best organization in baseball.
2: They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankee.
0: Hello, my name is Joe Aguilar. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. Here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jogging About the G-Man. And great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Bird, the Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.